Welcome to the Healthcare Chats Podcast, where your hosts, Al Gresh and Mike Zimmer, will bring you insights to take your HTM and HFM from the basement to the boardroom. Healthcare Chats Podcast starts now. Uh, so uh, we just finished up with MD Expo last week, was wrapped on last Saturday. Thought it'd be a good idea to just kind of kind of debrief, kind of wrap up, and talk about some of the trends that we noticed during the conference because it was a little bit of a different vibe, let's say, uh, during this MD Expo than in previous ones that, that we've either presented at or, in my case, I've worked the booth at because um, that is my lot in life is to be the booth babe at MD Expo. And then we also have on this episode, we've got Matt Hooper. Uh, quick intro with Matt. Um, I'll go ahead and do that for you, Matt. Uh, he's the, the VP of uh, Healthcare here at Accruent, but he has a really strong background, um, uh, years upon years of experience within the IT space, uh, and then also experience with ServiceNow. Uh, this is his first MD Expo, so we thought we'd get sort of a noob's eyes on what the conference was, what his overall take with it was, and then also um, he's got some, some experience in an area that uh, may lend it, uh, itself to, to kind of talk through uh, a major trend that we saw. Um, so with that really odd introduction, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's yeah. go ahead and get started. I'm still um, stuck on the years upon years. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not that old. Let's be, I I'm mean. Not, I'm not Al Grash. Yeah. No, but I, I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of stuck on the noob thing. I had never heard of Matt referred to as a noob, but I, oh. I, I think that'll stick. Mike. <laughs> All right, that's that's great. It's also probably going to be in my performance review. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Matt, you thank you for taking some time. Um, yeah, my pleasure, guys. Listen, I, and thanks for having me on the, this uh, in, incredibly overwhelmingly popular podcast. <laughs> I, I I thought the event was great. You know, I've done events for twenty five years. Uh, attended them as a practitioner, as a buyer. Um, as a, a, a booth babe, <laughs> Michael likes to call himself. And, uh, you know, and standing on both sides of the table, these events get really dry. You know, yeah. the, you, you, we've gone from the days of hawking wares to try to stand out and be different. And everybody's trying to, when everybody's trying to be different, then everybody's the same. So it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really translate, I think, into how do I walk into this, this expo hall and take some value? And so I had never heard of a reverse expo before. And um, when it was proposed to me, I was a little bit lost and didn't know what to expect. And so for those who don't know what a reverse expo is, MD Expo has this concept where instead of having buyers and practitioners walk around the expo hall, loading up their bag with tchotchkes, <laughs> two of them, because they have two kids now, it's the average age so that Two, the two lightsabers and the, and the, and the two little uh, toys that work together. They, they go through a process of selecting these individuals that are in a senior level role from inside of healthcare systems, and they sit them at table, and they do kind of a speed dating where the vendors come in and pre-selected, they've chosen who they want to go meet with, and they bounce around from table to table, and they have eight minutes to kind of make a connection, identify what needs are there at that organization, and then and then in turn kind of maybe give a little pitch and get some follow-up and next steps. So what's really interesting is vendor, which I hate that term. I consider myself to be a strategic partner, but I'm a vendor, hawking my goods. 
if, uh, if I can sit there and I can go through, you know, the, the 23 or 27 different customers in that short period of time, a few hours, it really allows me to connect. And for me, it's been, it was beneficial because while I've been selling into healthcare on the IT side, selling in clinical engineering and facilities management, which is very different, right? Right. So hearing some of the pain points and sitting next to the infamous and famous Al Bush, I got to hear some good war stories and I got to hear some commonalities and, I, and uh, I, I probably now dream about cost of service in ways I never thought I would. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but this is a G show. So we're going to, we're going to keep this clean here, Al. Um, but that, that, uh, that whole you know, interaction was really powerful for me because I got to see the trends between one after the other, the other, right? right. Regulatory compliance pressure. Uh, understanding capital planning, knowing how to uh, figure out, I get 10 million to spend and $12 million worth of needs to spend. Wh- which 2 million puppies am I going to drown, right? Get through next year. And so that was awesome for me, but even better for the practitioners and that were sitting on the other side of the table, uh, you know, like Rob Rudnick at, at Pro Health called it, he called it, he goes, it's the trailer before the movie because we hadn't yet opened up the expo hall. He had just had, I don't know, 25, 30 vendors come through, tracing through, talking about what's new and exciting and hot and, and something that they should probably go check out. He was taking notes that when he went into the expo hall, he knew exactly where he needed to go and spend a little bit more time. Yeah. Because, you know, with, with, with whatever there was, 60, 70 exhibitors there, you, you don't have 60, 70 hours worth of expo hall time. You can't spend an hour with each. You can't even spend 20 minutes with each. Uh, so knowing where to spend time is really good. That's something that's fairly common at uh, supply chain conferences, but uh, it was great to see that at an HTM uh, conference because I agree with Matt wholeheartedly. It, it, uh, it brought a lot of value. You, you talk to the folks a very short time period and discern you know, whether what their, their needs are, you have the solutions to to, to meet, right? And, and uh, you know, you don't waste a lot of time uh, doing demos and, and, and figuring out what's important to people. Uh, you do that in a, in a very, very short period of time to see if what you have aligns with what they need. Uh, and and uh, we, we got a lot out of that. And one of the things I want to call out, Mike, is the, the one thing that was of immense interest to literally everyone that we talked to was our data insights solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Matt will, will attest to that as well. Um, and, and, it, and it kind of speaks to what the trend of this conference was overall. You talked about that uh, in the opening, that this had a little bit different vibe or a different feel to it. And, and I would agree with you on that front. You, you had, it had some of the, the, the uh, topics that uh, have been covered in, in other conferences for, for the past many years, including cybersecurity, right? That, that's not going anywhere. And, and I would say on that front, uh, if you aren't involved in, in uh, creating a, a cybersecurity program at your organization, you'd better get started because you're already behind the curve. But overall, I, I think what, what, I, what I saw that was much different is a, a much more lean towards strategic rather than tactical. Um, and, and you and I talked about this, Mike. I, I, I think if you think about the maturity curve that I, I talk about in every one of the, the uh, uh, 
the webinars that, that I've done, the 10 steps webinars, you know, if, 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 you're, if you're still in that lower left-hand corner of that curve, which, which means what you're doing today uh, is, is simply regulatory compliance and, and brake fix on low-end equipment, you better start climbing up that curve because that's what your organizations really need from you. They need your organization or your department to bring that total capital life cycle management. And there were just so many uh, sessions at, at this conference that, that leaned toward that, right? So uh, there were a few sessions on strategic planning. Um, in fact, in my own uh, presentation, I, there, that was a huge component of it. Uh, there were a couple of sessions uh, targeting capital planning and, and strategies around how to do capital planning. And, and that's what organizations need today. They, they, they need you as an HTM department to bring all of that rich data that you collect uh, in the course of doing service, uh, bring that to bear in making good capital decisions. It's it's almost as if we're we're getting past you know, just providing a really good solution to our customers um, or to the healthcare industry. Now we're we really can step into this higher role of being this valued partner, as Matt likes to say, or this subject matter expert or consultant. Because not only can we provide you or provide you know the the healthcare industry with the tools to capture this kind of data but then also coaching around how you deliver the valuable insight that you get out of this data to the C-suite of your, you know, of your hospital, of your health system, et cetera. And it's just, it's really, really powerful. And it's, it's, it's definitely stepping up what, it, what traditionally, the relationship that, that traditionally exists between like a software vendor, right, and, and, and its client or its customer. And it's becoming much more collaborative um, doesn't mean that it's easy and everything's rainbows and sunshine because you want that degree of creative tension or constructive tension where, you know, it, it gets past just that, you know, I pay you money for you to build this for me. And now it's like, let's, let's solve these problems together and really drive the industry forward. And that well, people, people don't that want a product. Yeah. Right. Like, they want a partnership. And the reason why they want that partnership is, technology has become commoditized in so many ways. Everything's a platform as a service, right? You don't go out and find a product where they say, no, I can't do that. Right. You know, it was funny. You and I were on site with a client and they said, Hey, we, you know, we want to talk. We really thought that we were going to get some functionality out of the box. Right. And people love to throw that expression out of the box. And my analogy was, listen, you can go and you can buy the death star. And you seal the, the, in a Lego set, you can break the seal and you can dump it out and all of the Lego pieces come out of the box. Right. <laughs> does that give you a Death Star? It does not give you a Death Star, right? Right. Some, some solutions have, you know, the, 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 the planet blow up ray. I don't have, there might be an actual technical expression for that beam that gets shot, but I don't know what it's called. But I'll call it the planet blow up ray, and then you get the power stations and you get the, you know, habitation systems may already be built, right? And you right. can put those together. But the reality is, is that, it, you know, in particular on big data, there is now a understanding that the, we don't need ticket management solutions. And knowing what we're supposed to do has become very easy. Like we're all on teams, we're all office 365. And listen, at the end of the day, we all brutally go back to the one solution. That's the worst solution for managing what, which is email. <laughs> yeah. 
we, what we need is a decision-making tool. And the reason why we want people to leverage those, you know, hey, what am I supposed to do or how am I supposed to get this thing done tool is so that we know, did we have the right person doing the right thing in the right way at the right time? Yeah. And it's only through that, you know, baselining and looking at the deviations that we, we find out that we have a skills issue, we've got a skills gap, we've got a resource limitation. And it allows us to go from the component break fix to the system break fix, to the service break fix, to the business function break fix. And, and that's really kind of where I think IT has led this, this initiative to service management transformation and has demonstrated the ability to go from like a help desk queue management function, performance management, and has found ways to capitalize on service integration and management where multi-sourcing at different levels of components and infrastructure allow you to deliver a service at the end of the day. You don't have to own everything. And, um, you know, and I know that you guys like to talk about ISO on this podcast. And that, is, of course, is, is a concern, but it's also opportunity, right? Because we can't be experts in everything. And at some point, we always have to look at where's the best dollar spent. But what we see, and I think a shift that's happening is for HTM is they realize, hey, we outsourced the function, but we also outsourced the governance. And now it has to make decision on, you know, uh, equipment replacement or service providers, or do we renew the contract with ISO? But I, I really don't have the data to make that empirical decision. And I think that's where the, 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 the HTM department probably doesn't have the history that, that tech, technology or IT has, or at least the expansiveness that IT has now that every company is a digital company, um, you know, that they, they've learned that. We can learn a lot from that. We can learn yeah. from the TSM industry on how they were able to look at service providers, determine resources and capabilities, and make a value-based decision based off empirical data that says, hey, these are things that we should fix, not fix. These are functions we should outsource, insource, repatriate, co-source, right? And it, I think that's a, a, a testimony to the maturity of the, of the HTM industry in some thought leadership that's going out there like we saw at, uh, at MD Expo and we'll see at other conferences, right? I think that's why the, the presentations have changed, as you mentioned now. Yeah. I'll tell you guys, I, I, did a, uh, I, I did a keynote address at an MD Expo back in, I think it was 2010. And I actually talked about a lot of these kinds of things, and I had a lot of people come up to me after the presentation, uh, loved what I had to say, but there were many that told me, again, this didn't come from me, this came from the participants that said, you know, this is great stuff, Al, but there's so many people in the room here, they don't even know what foot to put in front of the other, right? And so that, that's, where, that's where we have to be more than a, a software provider. Yeah, we have to be, as you said, Mike, that trusted advisor, right? And, you know, I, I think helping our customers get to that higher level of operational and financial performance using the tools that are available is, is something everyone should be looking for. Uh, as we've all talked about being a partner rather than, you know, here's, here's your software, have a nice day. That just right. doesn't work anymore. Yeah, for sure. And I think the, the best case scenario, Al, is for you to get on stage and go through your content or go through your presentation. And then the feedback you get afterwards is, um, 
you know, we saw you present that a month ago and we've already implemented the changes that you've, that you've stated. What else you got? Because that's also going to keep us like continually pushing the envelope with how we can help our customers evolve towards that best practice. And Matt, it is, it is so interesting to, to hear you talk about ITSM and its evolution. And, and that's the first time that you and I have talked about it where you broke it down into that component system organizational kind of uh, remediation or, or break fix. And it, it fits really nicely into the, the journey that a lot of our HDM and facilities engineering customers are currently on, whether they know it or not. Uh, and it's the, it's the individuals that we come across like at MD Expo that they know that they're on that path and they're eyeing your maturity curve, Al, and they're like, I cannot wait until I'm a level three organization. And man, you know, when you get to that level of organization and those are the kinds of discussions you're having both internally and externally with your partners, it makes, you know, conversations around functionality and a software we happen to provide just so boring, to, to be really honest. And it just makes the conversation quite a bit more engaging. And, and uh, but I'll give you my perspective, I, Mike, on what's going to, you know, it's, it's funny. You're right. But here's the thing that I, I perceive. And again, being a little bit of an outsider to this space, um, NIT made the changes we needed to make. And we, we adjusted our thinking and we adopted governance. But it wasn't because we wanted to. We didn't understand the benefits of opening a ticket and closing a ticket and why I had to put my notes in the system <laughs> for approval to make a change. Like I didn't understand this stuff. I just did it because my job was on the line, right? right. Um, it, or Sox told me, you know, Sarbanes Oxley came in and said, you know, hey, you, you changed a validated system and you didn't get approval for it. And so I'm therefore going to pull your drug off the street, right? And someone's going to get fired. Like, okay, we'll make those changes. We really didn't understand the benefit of governance. But once we kind of, it forced us to do it. But once we kind of got through the reality of the fact that we were going to log incidents and requests and changes into a system that could start to then track and trend the response times for us, and we, we throw this bat around, right? maybe it's a boomerang called an SLA, right, which we always drop off the A. It's really just a service-level demand. It's not a service-level agreement because we didn't have ask the other person if it was okay if we had this turnaround time. Um, you know, so we, we use these sticks and stones in, in, in ways, and that's sometimes command and control. But what happened in IT is they realized all of a sudden that the data gave them the transparency to understand how work came into their team, how it got done, and the, the, the demand on the, the resources in a planned or unplanned way that really they couldn't get to the strategic things that they wanted to do. And sometimes a damn man was coming from other departments who themselves didn't have control over their own work. So we weren't, we weren't working towards this common goal. And what we found in IT, like for instance, is a lot of IT organizations still call internal departments customers. They never stepped and thought back, well, who's our real customer? Like if I'm a bank, is it the person who's walking up to the teller, right? Or if I'm a mm -hmm. system, is it the patient or is it our provider? You know, these are the real customers. And when we step back and think about the master we're all serving, all of a sudden, there's an alignment shift that happens. And it's not about command and control of our own department, but it's command and control of the outcomes. And I think that's what IT has learned probably in the last five years and why I've been such a big fan of ServiceNow is because while it does make it really easy to get things into the system, you know, opening a ticket through mobile or self-service or knowledge base for self-service, right. we now see the demand on our team and the justification of the resources and the improvements we need to make and where we need to make them that actually have a benefit to our business outcome. 
And I think that's where HTM will get to. But right now they're doing it because the joint commission is happening, right? Right. And so we need to get back to like Simon Sinek's The Why. Get to the why they're doing that. Help them to see that by them orchestrating governance in the right way gives us the data to justify going to training, gives us the data to justify improving equipment, gives us the data to justify getting rid of a vendor who's actually causing us more angst than benefits. Right. But, but we're at a disposition today. And I think, I think HTM can get there faster by leveraging the lessons from IT. That's a, yeah. that, was a great, that was a great call out, uh, Matt, and, and uh, it was really evidenced by some of the other uh, presentations that, that were at this and, and the expo. Uh, there were a, a couple of them on quality management uh, systems, and um, there, there were a, a number of organizations that are already uh, working to get uh, ISO 9000 uh, certified. Uh, there was there was uh, a presentation on ISO thirteen four eighty five, and 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 that's to, to me is evidence that of, of two things. First of all, uh, I, I think one of the things driving that is the the, the recent uh, right to repair discussions that have been taking place over the last uh, several years, um, but also that there are organizations that are are coming up to that higher level of performance, and, and this is. This is a way for them to capture the, and, and, and quantify the quality that they're bringing, uh, exactly in, in line with what IT did many years ago. And, and, and uh, having those, those kinds of sessions at this conference that, quite frankly, I hadn't previously seen um, is further evidence that that's the direction we're going. Yeah, and I'm so happy you didn't say this term, so I get to say it, but it goes back to, uh, you know, whatever gets measured gets managed. And so the majority of our, our customers are the HTM industry on a whole. They've solved for compliance. And now they're going, what's next? And that's when ISO comes in. And we start taking a look at measuring in an objective way the quality that you're you know, delivering through your operation. It's a really transformational time to be in this part of our industry. And I, I for one, am just so excited about the, the engagement that we're going to have with our, our clients and, and just people in general uh, and the kinds of solutions that we're going to be able to bring uh, to them. Um, so in terms of podcast bingo, um, we have mentioned Simon Sinek. So that's one. I said uh, what gets measured gets managed, and that's a pretty popular one too. Uh, can we throw any other buzzwords out there? That Is this for those playing at home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I, don't, I don't know about buzzwords, but uh, you know, I, I've got some some young uh, grandkids, and I will tell you that that Death Star Lego set is extremely expensive. Yeah, <laughs> and painful when you step on it in bare feet, as I can also right. attest right. from That's personal right. experience. Um, now that we, <laughs> it sounds like we're sponsored by Lego. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it really was like a, a phenomenal conference. Um, you know, uh, definitely the industry is moving into the space where a lot of things are going to start to get challenged from a, like a traditional software vendor customer relationship perspective, as well as just, you know, the, as we face these different challenges within the healthcare industry, like how can companies like Compruent and, and ourselves step up to the plate and really be there for our clients? Um, don't want to make this like just about work or whatnot, but uh, 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited about the future. Um, and I think, you know, some of the, the, the trends that we talked about during this episode, Al, we should probably uh, click down into a little bit. Like, I'd like to have a... Uh, Thank you for not saying double click, because I really hate that. Uh, I'm a single click. It's all about the number of clicks. <laughs> uh, a single click, uh, left-hand click, down into things like QMS, into the ISO 9001. I can never remember the numbers. Yes. Uh, and things like that. But, I mean... After this episode, we'll, we'll definitely build out some, uh, some additional topics for other episodes. Um, I thought also, the highlight of MDX also, though, was the uh, Baltimore Marathon and Comic-Con happening at the exact same time. <laughs> that was yeah, I wonder if anybody did both events. Like, they, they finished the marathon in their costume and they went directly to Comic-Con. Yes, it was Flash, but no one actually saw him. <laughs> It's like I did that on purpose, but no, that was that was a pretty good one, Matt. I'll give you credit for that. Um, but I, you know, this might be a good place to 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 wrap it up. Anybody have any last minute things to to add? Before no, we... thanks for letting me jump on the show and and, and appreciate you uh, drilling into the perspective. Um, it, you know, I hope you guys start doing these at the upcoming shows too. I think shows are a great place to meet the digital and in real life. Yeah. Podcast. Keep up the great. Yeah, I, I'd love to pull in uh, some of the some of the other participants uh, on these because uh, you know there, there's there's folks that could add a lot of value to to these discussions rather than just you and I talking back and forth. Al, as much as we're loved in the industry, Mike. Yes, yes. <laughs> Couldn't agree with you more. Okay, gentlemen. Well, uh, that's a wrap. Uh, to anybody listening to this, thanks for listening. Uh, let us know what topics that you might want us to cover in future episodes. Stay tuned for more episodes from the Healthcare Chats podcast. Submit your questions online and let us know what topics you'd like us to cover. Peace out. <laughs>